Welcome to Montrose Podcast, the official podcast of Montrose School here in Medfield, Massachusetts, where girls are called to greatness. I'm your host, Mary Cahill Farella, and I'm very happy that you can join us. Maybe you're an avid supporter of Montrose, a current parent or a friend of the school, or maybe you're new to Montrose, an independent school for girls in grades 6 through 12, inspired by the teachings of the Catholic Church. Here, young women achieve academic excellence in a rich liberal arts environment by developing enduring habits of mind, heart, and character. Thanks for joining us as we explore topics that highlight the impact of a Montrose education and how it affects the world around us. Our next guest for this design thinking episode of Montrose podcast is Dr. Michael A. Roberto, trustee professor of management at Bryant University in Smithfield, Rhode Island. Welcome, Mike. Hi, Mary. Thanks for being with us today. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to it. Well, tell me first uh, a little bit about your background, because you have this really interesting mix educationally and in the business world um, of where you come from. I spent the first uh, 12 years of my career sort of oscillating between academics and the private sector. I went to Harvard and studied economics as an undergraduate, then worked at General Dynamics and corporate finance, then returned to do my MBA at Harvard, and then left again to go uh, work at Staples um, when it was young and uh, entrepreneurial, run by its founder still, and then uh, then returned to get my doctorate at Harvard, uh, taught there for a number of years afterward, and then have been at Bryant now for the last decade or so. Wow. Time flies when you're having fun. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and at Bryant, what brought you to this field of work of design thinking? You know, I've been studying decision making and problem solving for 20 years. That's been my research, looking at how people make choices. But I became particularly interested in creative problem solving um, about seven or eight years ago and started on this journey. And in particular with design thinking, which is really a methodology for creative problem solving, in part uh, because of my research on a, a really fascinating firm called IDEO based out in California, one of the leading product design firms in the world who began to sort of spread the news about this methodology taken, drawn from the field of design, but really applied to any problem. And I was so intrigued by it and by this great video I once saw of them called the Shopping Cart Project that Ted Koppel did a feature on, on Nightline. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, that creativity that I saw there just intrigued me and I wanted to learn more about it. Wonderful. Well, not only do you have all this really relevant background in the field, but you also happen to be a Montrose dad, which is, as Barbara Whitlock said, our pure luck. Uh, and you've done a couple of things. You've done a workshop for Montrose teachers and a program for 11th graders a while back. Yes, my, my poor daughter, Celia, she's an 11th <laughs> grader. And so uh, I actually did a, a little uh, design thinking program for them just an hour and a half or so um, at a retreat they had. And uh, she was really, she was wonderful. She was a sport, you know, dad coming in to do this. But actually the girls really liked it so much so that they talked to their teachers about it. And then I did a program for the entire faculty and staff, a half day of professional development on design thinking, um, which, uh, you know, was great to work with them. They were so eager to learn new ideas and how to apply them in the classroom. And I was glad to, to share some of that with them. Mm -hmm. And it's such a rare opportunity to be able to give both the teachers and the students a little bit of new common language with which to go through their day. Right. Not exactly. Common language was key, right? Give them some tools and techniques and a common language system. And they don't have to use the entire design thinking process. You know, the idea was to teach them the whole process. But then within that, 
share some ideas about how they might take pieces of it and apply it in various classes and various kinds of projects or work that they were doing. Recently, you hosted the Montrose ninth graders and some of their teachers for a day-long forum there at Bryant on design thinking. And this is something that you usually do with your students as part of the first year orientation in college, right? Right. So we run a, 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 a I began a, a three-day program for all of our undergraduates, all 850 of them. Um, they do a three-day program, intensive design thinking program in January of their first year. We call it IDEA. It stands for Innovation and Design Experience for All. And I put together a little condensed version, a, a sort of five or six hour version for the ninth grade. It was Mrs. Chris and Mrs. Whitlock reached out to me. They, they thought this would be a neat idea with two goals, really. One is the ninth grade, a, a great team building opportunity because some of the girls are new to Montrose while others have been there since the sixth grade. And secondly, to teach them about creative problem solving and give them a tool kit that they could use throughout their time in high school at the upper school at Montrose. Mm. So what were your observations about these Montrose students brought into your environment? You know, so interesting. I, I do this exercise with, with, with uh, adults often where I have them, I take out a blank sheet of paper and turn to their neighbor and, and sketch them. And, uh, and after about a minute, I have them show the sketch to their neighbor. And the reaction is always the same. People are embarrassed. They laugh. They apologize to their neighbor. They're terrified of sketching their neighbor. And I make the point that, you know, it's because we, we are so fearful of the judgment of others, right? We're worried about um, what others might think about our ideas. And then I point out that if I do that same exercise with 10-year-olds, they're not reticent at all, right? They, they proudly show their stick figures to their friends. And I think the ninth graders were interesting. They were closer to the 10-year-olds in that sense although they are amazingly mature uh, young women, but they were closer to the, I'm willing to try things and not be worried about what others think. And that was awesome. It really fueled the creative process when we worked together um, at Bryant uh, a few weeks ago. Interesting. That echoes what, in our conversation about this topic with Barbara Whitlock, one of the teachers there with you uh, for this day-long Montrose ninth grade forum, she said what we really try to do, and we do a good job at at Montrose, is closing that confidence gap for girls. I mean, there's no question. I've seen it with my own daughter. I mean, I think that ability to become very confident, yet yet humble and compassionate. You know, there's this wonderful mix. I, I think that uh, the school does a really nice job of that. You know, we're really trying to we're trying to help girls find their calling. But I think also Montrose is trying to help them become leaders in whatever field they choose. Right. And to have that confident growth mindset, you know, you can always yes. get better. Um, I, I personally think the notion of infusing the growth mindset throughout the curriculum has been a, a really big asset for Montrose. Well, it's funny because that feeds right into my, my final question for you, but um, right on topic is what has been the impact of a Montrose education on not only your daughter, but your family, your family experience. I think that the education of the whole person, spiritual, um, academic and intellectual, um, as well as uh, character and leadership. It's so important. And the ability to integrate those, they're not separate spheres of Montrose. They all come together every day, whether right. it's on the field hockey field or in the classroom. And I think that's been really important. And, and for me, I think um, the ability to challenge in a very rigorous way academically the, the young women, but at the same time create a really warm and caring environment, supportive environment, um, there's this wonderful giving you the courage to take risks intellectually, but mm -hmm. have this wonderful support safety net below you to catch you if you fail. That's the hallmark of Montrose. I, I love it in that sense. Well, that's great to hear. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This really helps us understand design thinking a lot more. 
and gives us a perspective from both a professional and a parent view on Montrose and what we're doing every day. Thanks, Mary. Stay tuned for part two of this episode of Montrose Podcast, continuing the conversation about design thinking with Montrose English Department head, Barbara Whitlock. How do we equip young people with navigational tools to make the most of the journey and adventure we call adolescence? Join us for a talk on the Odyssey of Adolescence by head of Montrose School, Karen Bolin, on Tuesday, November 6th, 2018 at 7 p.m. This is part of Montrose's Life Compass Institute speaker series, and it is free and open to the public. Hope you can join us. Barbara Whitlock is here as the coordinator of humanities for Montrose and also the English department chair. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Thanks for being here. I'm grateful. We're here to talk about design thinking, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Freshman Forum, where you took some ninth graders to Bryant University and had a forum all about design thinking. But first, tell me, what is design thinking? And if you can sum it up a little bit for our listeners, that would be great. So design thinking is an inno- is, a, is a focus on innovation and collaboration. And um, the implicit criticism of how new strategies are developed is that people spend too much time talking, too little time experimenting. And when you spend a lot of time talking, there are people who dominate in groups. So the social dynamic of collaboration shifts. So the shorter periods of frequent strategizing mixed with lots of experimentation facilitates innovation, better equality in the collaborative process. Mm, Okay. So recently you were at Bryant University in Smithfield, Rhode Island with our fellow, uh, an actual Montrose parent, right? Michael Roberto. uh, And he helped with this whole day long forum with the ninth graders. So what I want to ask you about that is what were your expectations going into the forum with your ninth grade English class? Well, the first challenge was the students had to, they had a pile of balloons, they had tape, they had twine. They had to build a piece of furniture that would support the weight of a student. Um, actually, the teachers did one too. We had a nice light, <laughs> small teacher who helped. Um, and nobody could touch the floor. So it had to be a self-supporting element. The most surprising wow. thing is every single group succeeded. Wow. So they each came up with unique solutions, but everybody got there in the end. Everyone got there. It was amazing. Wow. And the Bryan University people were amazed because they do this as part of their freshman orientation to innovate business and get the kids collaborating from the beginning. And they've never seen a hundred percent return rate wow. on a challenge. So that says something about the self. And a lot of these girls are new to the school. So it says something about the ones who choose to come as well as the ones that are here. Yeah. And the first year <clears throat> high school student versus the first year college student actually. Exactly. How has the experience impacted for your own self, your teaching and your lens on what you bring back to the classroom here at Montrose? Well, group dynamics in a classroom is a very important focus area. Um, All the research shows that most girls enjoy learning in a collaborative environment. Mm -hmm. Yet we also take account of the role of introverts and that they need time to process and time to think before they feel as confident raising their hand. So the design thinking is all about creating an environment in which people um, are attuned 
to the group dynamic. Mm -hmm. And this helps me with my teaching all the time. You also notice in an environment like Bryant University where we did this, that different leaders emerged. Quiet kids all of a sudden who are very competitive wanted to beat the other team and said, no, they sort of <laughs> take command and you never know who's going to emerge. And that's the exciting thing because in any group challenge, different leaders emerge because Montrose is all about leadership. And we believe that every student is capable of leading and we want them to lead in their own character in their lives and take active, confident roles in whatever situations they're put into. Yeah, that sounds like a huge dynamic shift as an introvert myself and yet leader in, you know, high school and college groups and that kind of thing. I feel like we had to find our way back in the day all by ourselves to overcoming those hurdles, getting heard even though we needed the extra time to think that kind of thing. So the fact that you're incorporating that into your group work to me, that's a big, big shift. Well, one of the distinctive characters of Montrose, and one of the reasons I wanted to come here is because, you know, Dr. Karen Bolin, our head of school, has really established the principle that we do the research, we stay mm -hmm. up on the research, and we are cutting edge in educating girls. We are experts at it. Yeah. And the difference you see is that our middle schoolers walk tall every day. And they practice using their voice. Our high school students, I train them in ninth grade, our year of great formation, to not hesitate when they add their voice to a discussion. I call it, say it like a warrior, say yeah. it with confidence. Yeah. And this has an impact on how tall they stand. Mm. And it makes a difference. Wonderful. Well, Barbara Whitlock, thank you so much for joining us and being part of Montrose Podcast. Well, thank you. It's a great honor. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Montrose Podcast. Please subscribe so that you'll be the first to know about future episodes and share the podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to donate to Montrose Podcast, your gift will go directly to tuition assistance, a critical part of our mission to keep a Montrose education accessible. Thank you for doing your part to plant the seeds of lifelong Montrose friendships and ensure that each Montrose graduate takes with her a life compass to navigate the challenges beyond Montrose and seize opportunities to shape our changing world. Thank you.